You are now listening to DIY Me Mine Presents, the podcast that is totally 100% one person produced, one man edited, one human being created. DIY Me Mine is the one person collective. Um, that is mostly me, your host, yours truly, presenting the different offerings he can offer wearing his different hats. So the behavioral scientist hat, the musician hat, the writer hat, etc., etc. Today, though, we have a special, special episode where DIY Me Mine presents somebody else who is also although with the help of agents and managers still sort of a self-made writer and entertainer at least from the beginning her first book i think was published independently and diy me mine style or diy do it yourself style Anyway, her name is Ginny, short for Virginia Hogan, and she is a stand-up comedian, a freelance writer, a former professional engineer, computer science, or computer engineer, who worked at Facebook and a few startups, and um, has lived all over the world. We will hear, we will find out. She was born on the East Coast in New York and raised there and um, spent some time in the Bay Area for college as well as overseas in Europe and then spent some time in LA and I believe she calls New York home once again, although Don't quote me on that. We didn't get there purposely because I want to protect her, her anonymity-ish, the anonymity of her house, I guess, her household um, intact. So anyway, here is a 45 plus minute, maybe 47 minute um, conversation. Slightly edited, only slightly, because we had some technical difficulties. Um, so you'll you'll notice, perhaps, my guest gets a little bored, um, because unfortunately she had to wait for me to figure out the uh, technical difficulties. But I don't know. That's not saying anything negative about my guest. I would have been a little... A little bored too but I could also be reading into it she gave me a compliment about my interviewing so strap yourselves in and decide for yourself what you think of the quality of this interview either way I was really happy to talk to Ginny um, you can see her work all over the place in the New Yorker um, especially on the online edition um, Vogue, Vulture, she's also having technical difficulties last time I checked with her personal page, her website, so I can't look up all the things, but she also has a book out called I'm More Dateable Than a Plate of Refried Beans. You'll hear us refer to it, but go check that out and enjoy the show. I'll see you on the other side. Toodles. Hey, Jenny. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. A little, uh, I'm a little nervous. A little nervous. This oh, is... don't be nervous. Are, are you nervous about the technical stuff? Or? Um, yeah, mostly. But also just, you know, I I haven't been socializing that much. So um, <laughs> so it's, it's I, I'm just a little out of practice. But so, yeah, I have some notes. I have um some questions i wrote down but first off um i'm interested since you're in entertainment i guess um 
Um, what sort of media are you consuming these days? What's your, like, not necessarily what's blowing you away, but what what's keeping you entertained these days? I'm a, I'm a huge um, audiobook person and I, uh, that's kind of what I've been, I've been on like a, a kind of like lightweight novel summer kick. Um, okay. So I've been reading a ton of like Aylin Hildenbrand. She writes these books that are all entirely set on Nantucket, which is an island in Massachusetts and they're all romances. And somehow I find them all like, her characters are so good. I mean, they're like easy reads. They would probably be categorized as beach reads. Actually, they definitely would. But like, I don't love that characterization because I feel like it is a way to kind of like dismiss women's writing. Um, but they're definitely like, you don't have to be thinking super intensely to get into them. Um, yeah, I'm just generally a huge fan of of hers. Um, this woman, Lisa Jewell, who writes these like mystery novels. Um, those are kind of like the super fun ones. And then I also read the Netanyahu's, which was um this that this guy Joshua Cohen that was a really good book but definitely kind of I had to be like concentrating a little bit more and it wasn't quite as like fun and like I'll just like go on walks and listen to audiobooks and it's like really a great time right okay all right cool so that last one is about like Israeli politics kind of is actually not at all well so a oh. little bit but it's it's a weird okay so it's a like a kind of alternate reality book about it's about Netanyahu's father going to visit um, a fictionalized version of Cornell in 1960 and um, he brings with him his family so Netanyahu is like a boy in the book and he is pretty like rowdy and um, rambunctious but not really a huge character there is a lot on kind of like the theory of like um, Jews in the like U.S. versus in Israel and, and their conflict um, but it's also mostly just this professor at the college's account of Netanyahu's father coming to visit okay so I guess that's yeah. historical fiction is that that yeah yeah I think that's probably the right yeah designation there yeah yeah, right. yeah. so um what about um comedy but these days um who are your your peers I guess I I don't really know um in your sort of cohort like who else is doing it oh um that's a great question I mean I do feel like since the pandemic there has not been like one I used to feel like I would go to like comedy shows and it was always the same people and I think people kind of separated a little bit like a lot of what I do comedically is online or it's writing for um I, I write stuff for audible I'm working on a different podcast for iHeartRadio so it's that sort of thing so it's like that's pretty siloed um I right. mean I have my friends in comedy um but I used to see the same people at, at comedy shows all the time and I haven't been doing as much I've been kind of traveling around and not doing as much stand-up in one city um but I mean there are people I, I work with all the time I'm working with Hannah Dickinson right now on a podcast um but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm also just, I, there are so many people who I like love on Twitter and right. it's so fun to see them, but I don't know if I'd say that I, I feel like I used to have like a very specific set of peers. And now I, I kind of feel like so many people are doing so many like different unique things that it's kind of like split up a little bit. Right. So what would you, if you had to label yourself, what's your, like your primary career would you say freelancer or just or humorist maybe and that covers every you know like a lot of things I would say that I'm a writer um because I don't only write comedy I used to call myself a comedian but I um I wrote a drama recently that I'm currently shopping and I um sometimes write personal essays that are not exactly comedic um I would say that my career is that I'm a writer and then the only kind of performance I do is stand up okay gotcha yeah all right, and I I saw somewhere either an interview um, or in your standup set. Um, I think it was an interview that um, you didn't initially. You didn't really initially like standup, or like you weren't drawn to it until you took a class, was it? And then, then you. Yeah, so, I would say that I'm like. I'm not a stand-up fan. Um, like I never watched stand-up comedy before I did it. I mean, there are people who oh. stand up I really love, but um I would never watch it on Netflix. Well, especially now because I have to see it live so much. Um yeah, 
I don't know. Stand-up was just never, it was like the thing I did in San Francisco and I liked doing it, but um, it was never the thing I most liked consuming. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. All right. And um, well, do you mind if I ask a few more questions though about how you got into stand-up? And... Totally. No, I mean, I love doing it and I do it a lot, um, mm-hmm. but I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Please ask anything cool. you want. All right. So d- did you, is the typical course like once you take a class you like you do a showcase maybe or did you start doing open mics or what's the what are the first Um, yeah there is a showcase um at the end of the class that I took so I took a class in San Francisco that met like every week for like eight weeks um and then there was a showcase at the end and a lot of people didn't do it again after that and I kind of I didn't know when I took the class if I was going to just be someone who did it one time for fun or if it was like going to be something I did regularly but I just got completely hooked um like I truly um I feel like I just started doing open mics constantly after that um but the showcase was pretty fun because it's like a a super welcoming way to do stand-up like I I will say like I think a lot of people get deterred if their first few stand-up times are really bad um right and if you can find a way to do it in sort of like a warmer way in the beginning, then you might um, have like a higher chance of sticking with it. Then again, I don't think stand-up is like that great of a thing to stick with. So, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, for, for mental health reasons or like for. Um, it's, you're unlikely to make a lot of money doing it. Um, mm-hmm. Mental health reasons for sure. The people are very depressed. Um I mean, if it, it's like a fun, you know, if, if you think it's fun, are you a stand-up? No, I've written a few jokes for other people doing stand-up. Um, they've gotten a few laughs. I actually, I'm, I'm sad. I, I didn't bookmark it. I saw somebody, I gave a joke to the doorman at the comedy store in Hollywood. Um, and then I saw on YouTube, somebody like did a, a version of it, uh, but I forgot to bookmark it and I can't find it anymore but um classic dick joke basically um, but, <laughs> um great. yeah i love a good dick joke yeah <laughs> yeah um but uh no but i'm i am a huge fan of comedy um i used to go to shows all the time uh, mm-hmm. pre-pandemic so um yeah who are some of your favorites though if you Oh, I love Amy Schumer. I know that's kind of like a basic answer. I love Anthony Jeselnik. I think I like when I first started doing comedy, that's the only time when I went through and watched a ton of Netflix specials. I love Ali Wong. Um, okay. I watched yeah. hers. Yeah. Um, those are kind of like the the famous people who stand up I like most. Oh, Gary Goldman. Oh, I'm obsessed I with know. him. Um, G-U-L-L? Yeah. Is that Goldman? Uh, G-U-L-M-A-N. Okay yeah that sounds familiar but i'll have to look him up yeah 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 cool and um did you find since i know you started a sort of like a quote-unquote cubicle job like maybe not literally in a cubicle but um did you find transitioning to like doing interviews and interacting with people on social media and like and just standing up in front of people was there was there a learning curve or culture shock or something or have you always sort of been into like engaging with an audience and was oh that- totally yeah I was definitely not an extrovert oh I'm not I'm still not an extrovert I did not engage with audiences at all I wasn't a performer at all um I mean I was like pretty social but um yeah my I, in my job I was an engineer um I like hated meeting. I mean, I still hate meeting. Like, I don't know. I was like classic engineer. Um, and I think that my writing is sort of reminiscent of that same style of like introversion. And I want to be, um, I want to just like be able to shut out all the noise and focus. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, um, that's kind of what, uh, I, yeah. So that's like sort of the, um, the, how I got into stand-up was from like a very sort of cubicle office worker type job. Um, and then I, um, I mean, was yeah, it... stand-up definitely got me out of my shell a lot. Okay. That's what I was 
gonna ask next yeah yeah um, yeah i was able to be a lot more like confident socially after i started doing stand-up i think okay i bet yeah i was same with me i was in a band not to make things about myself right now but no, you're I was in a band. <laughs> All right. yeah i yeah. was in a band for a little bit and i i definitely it definitely helped and i don't know i used to be really shy but the second like i got on stage you know and people are there like they really they it's a little less harsh than stand-up most people are usually mm -hmm. well actually in stand-up shows most people are drunk too but um you know they they just want to have a good time so like it is yeah. i feel like it's a little more welcoming and um yeah i definitely had a boost of confidence back That's when awesome. fronting a band but yeah not what so instrument did you play oh i sang and played guitar oh cool cool yeah, do you still perform no i still record i still compose music um it's on Spotify and all those streaming services, but um, no, I actually have a physical disability that prevents me these days from um, playing guitar, but I can still okay. sing and play keyboard. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'm still sticking cool. with it. Um, yeah. yeah. But I definitely, I definitely miss that part of it. The mm -hmm. being in front of people and the sort of connecting with people. And yeah. Have you recorded? Up. Do you feel like you're getting that from this podcast? Is that like part of why you wanted to start it? A um, little bit more. Um, I was sort of just getting a little cabin fever and um, more to, to force people to talk to me, um, <laughs> to socialize with me. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so yes, I, mean, I guess the connection with people was sort of missing from my life. Um, and yeah, I, I do have some background in the arts. So I thought maybe mm -hmm. I you know, should connect with, you know, the, the people doing it now. So uh, I'm also yeah. a freelancer or I was actually am off and on. I write for my local paper. Oh, it's that's so awesome. Easy. Yeah, I don't know if you, do you get to. Sorry. Do you get to do interviews for it? Yeah. But mostly people I know already from my community. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm getting more and more practice to interviewing. Um, I had a podcast a few years ago, but um, it was like highly edited. This might be end up being highly edited too, depending on how awkward I am. But, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I got to interview my high school jazz band teacher. The other day. Oh, that's awesome. Like, so yeah, fun. it was it was fun. He's like in his 90s yeah. too. So like yeah. Yeah. So I got um, to publish an article about him. Um, yeah. I mean, I do feel like all good podcasts are highly edited. So don't feel bad about editing a lot. Okay. Really? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. It has it's pretty to be well seamless, produced, you know. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's good to hear. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I always struggled. I struggled too when I was recording our music um, with like, you know, like I, I tried to stay away from auto-tune and stuff like that, but there's always, the, you know, I would get like tired of playing the same solo 10 times in a row and I would just be yeah. like, okay, you know what? I'm going to patch it together from- Totally. Before. Yeah, and I, I feel like some people don't really know that that goes on and if they found out they'd be like you know sell out like <laughs> you know but oh yeah but they should just realize that that everyone's doing that you know yeah that's and kind of like the modern template yeah that's right the, that's yeah. just how the internet works you know i mean all my photo photos are filtered right, right. so yeah all right well okay so I'm supposed to hiss at you because you went to Stanford and I went to Cal, um, <laughs> but I'm I'm not going to do that. I, did you ever? Get <laughs> what really, did you study at Cal? Uh, psychology. Cool, cool, cool. I've got a master's in that too, in research psychology. So, no therapy. Um, not not good at yeah. that. <laughs> what do you do currently? Currently, just that. Just I I proofread mostly for the local paper, and then every once in a while, I come up with a story idea um, that's awesome that's yeah 
before that, I was working on a PhD. I didn't quite manage to finish that program, but um, you know, there are worse things to be than a PhD dropout, I think. Totally, I'm kind of a PhD dropout. Oh yeah? Mm -hmm. I got a master's um, statistics. I oh. sort of knew going in, I knew going in that I was gonna drop out. So I like did the masters and then quit, but I was in a PhD program briefly. Okay, right. You get the masters on the way to the. Mm -hmm. PhD, right? yeah. 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 So I've, I've got a master's too in, in research psychology. But, That's uh, awesome. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We probably had a little overlap in our education just with the statistics part. Totally. But it took me like three times to, to pass introductory statistics. Um, it's just. Yeah the concept of like distributions and stuff that just mm -hmm. for some reason yeah. I got stuck on the t-test every time <laughs> um but totally yeah <laughs> um yeah that stuff is confusing yeah to me so I, I know how to use like software you know like I, I can read the output from software like that does the calculations for me and I know what I'm reading, so that's, I don't, I don't know. What's, what kind of um, stuff did you do at Facebook and Google, was it? Did, were you at Google for a little bit? Um, no, just Facebook and then a couple of startups. I okay. did data science, but it was more like data analytics. Um, I like would make a lot of like presentations and that kind of thing um nothing like they would always tell me it was going to be like artificial intelligence machine learning but it really wasn't um okay i have right. that in my notes like asking if you if you worked on machine learning but um yeah i did not i mean i studied it in school um but uh no i didn't um i didn't stick with it okay that's yeah. something else that's over my head a little bit but I mean, is yeah. it basically getting a computer to problem solve without like having to be guided through it or is that, um, is that not it at all? I think that's problem. more or less what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's more or less what it is. Okay. Yeah. The computer right. just does all the work for you. Okay. So yeah. are you familiar with SQL then? SQL? Did yeah. Yeah. Do you use SQL? I tried to learn it. But I never actually had to, but I liked putting on my resume that I, you know, I'm a beginner at SQL because a lot of the yeah. jobs that I was applying for were database totally. related. And you can brush up on it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I was having trouble accessing your WordPress this morning. I don't know if it's my computer. Which WordPress? Had, your WordPress site, um, ginnyhogan.com, I think. I don't think I have, I have, I have a Weebly site, the WordPress site. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It's a W. Sorry. Yeah. Weebly. Right. Oh, damn. Yeah. I need to I'll go on Weebly and get that going again. Thank you for letting me know. Oh yeah. No problem. No problem. All right. Yeah. So uh. is it true or is that just a bit that you work for a vegan mayo? company is that I did true? yeah yeah okay. I did work I did yeah. yeah all right I like that joke that the whitest thing ever or <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um all right let me check my notes here um um I also like that joke about um freelancing how most of it is writing emails to get paid that, that's so true oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. i i wrote um like listicles or whatever is what i call it the mm -hmm. top 30 this top 10 that yeah, yeah for a site and they kept giving me the runaround <laughs> yeah that's so annoying it's yeah. like it just like cuts your hourly rate so much when you have to spend like as much time asking to be paid as you do getting like doing the work yeah, seriously. Yeah. It's but anyway, so I relate there. Um, your book. Let's talk about your book a little. 
um, the latest one. I know you've written mm -hmm. more than one, right? Yeah, um, this is my second one. All right. Yeah, Amazon is lagging. I ordered it on Saturday. Still haven't gotten it, but I was able to find a few pages here and there online. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if it's really, I'm, I'm really your target audience for a lot of it, but I, I found it entertaining. Sort of seeing the world through a different perspective a little bit. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I got to read the red flags, um, a page where like there are red flags and then what you guys tell yourselves. Like, yeah, what do you think are like the big red flags on dating sites? Um, well, for me, they're, they're I, I usually encounter scammers. Um, so like whenever they're like, can you look me up on this other app? I get that a lot. <laughs> I'm like that. No, I don't use that app. It's not secure, but I, um, and I, I've been asked for money that maybe that's a, a red flag that or mm -hmm. someone told me she's in prison. Wow. Which dating and, sites are you using? Um, that was Tinder. That was mm -hmm. Tinder. Um, I used OkCupid. I had some success meeting like normal people um, <laughs> on OkCupid. Yeah. Wow. Um, or whatever. More people, more like me, less like hard bodies, you know, less people who define themselves by working out. And not that there's anything necessarily wrong with that. It's just that's not my MO. That's not my shtick. So. I feel like OkCupid okay, also like you can just filter like you get a lot more information up front which I thought was cool about it like I feel like the the ones that are just apps on your phones like you really don't know that much about someone until you start talking to them right exactly yeah that's true that's true um are you um are you still on those dating apps or are you uh, I'm dating someone right now I I don't know if I'll go back to the dating apps, even if we break up. Um, mm -hmm. Cause it, yeah, they're just not really for me. I think uh, I just found them so annoying. Right. It's still, so is it still like mutual friends or? I actually met him from Twitter. Okay. Um, All right. Which I do not normally use as a dating app. Um, he like DM me randomly, but he was just like very funny in his DMs. And I think he like asked me out and kind of caught me in a moment where I was like yeah I'll go on a date with a guy from Twitter but normally I would not, not yeah. <laughs> so, yeah yeah yeah, so, yeah I know. go on there when I, I need negative attention when I can't get any kind of attention the only kind yeah. of attention I get on there I you know I go on to someone into a thread that I disagree with and get a dog pile on me and that yeah that's how I pass the time sometimes, but <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but some technical things about the book, how did you like, maybe for, for my one listener that um, might be interested in self-publishing or, I mean, is it self-published or, or you have a team like uh, the book is, agent? the book is published by a publishing company. Yeah. It's, oh. um, chronicle books okay yeah so are they indie is there is there even that distinction in the publishing world and I, I don't i don't I think know. they're indie i, I kind of think if you have a publisher it's not indie but i don't really know for sure um okay but yeah they're um they're not um yeah they're they're like a pretty big publishing house in san francisco okay all right and uh, how do you, did you, do you have an agent? Did you just get like word of mouth going from your freelance stuff? I have an agent. Yeah, I got my agent after I published my first book. Um, and so I wrote a proposal and she sent it to a lot of different publishers. Okay. All right. Well, this is going to sound rude, but I get every single one of your jokes, except for the title of the book. Is that because there's a, a date 
on refried bean cans? Yeah, you got to read the book. Okay. Oh, okay. It's a reference yeah. to. Okay. Yeah, it's a reference to one of the pieces in the book. After the book comes, tell me if you get it. Okay. All right. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's not offensive. The title is weird. I mean, I wanted it to be kind of like attention grabby, you know. It, that I think it is. the titles are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, it definitely is. So, yeah, I, I that's why I, I didn't try to fake it. I told no, you I that I haven't read it because, like, that was the other possibility that I thought of. That, yeah, maybe I'll get it after reading. So, yeah, I will do yeah. that. I will let you know. Um, Actually, let's back up a little. Um, unless you don't want to get into, like, where are you from? Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm from New York. Yeah. Okay. Where, um, where in New York? Manhattan. Born and raised. Cool. Where are you from? Um, I'm from San Pedro, California. I mean, yeah. you've been in L.A., so you know. Right. And you're a Berkeley. Yeah. NorCal, SoCal. Um, I know. Yeah. Those it's are the two parts of California I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. There's wine yeah. country in the middle, but um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I've been in California my my whole life. Um, we travel a lot because my parents are immigrants, so um, cool. we traveled to Europe or did for the. Where first, did they immigrate from? Um, Hungary. Cool. Um, yeah, which nobody, I don't know if you're watching the news about Hungary these days, but they're having the same sort of culture war that we're having. The, oh, the interesting. I studied abroad in Hungary. I should stay more up to date on what's going on there. Um, really? Yeah. I studied abroad in Budapest. Awesome. That, it was fun, yeah. That's mostly where we stayed. Mm -hmm. Cool. I love Budapest. I would definitely go back. So did you pick up any Hungarian? A very small amount. Do you speak Hungarian? Also, small amount. Maybe just a little more than you, but I remember yeah. like Shinos Nam. I used to, I feel like I used to say that. I used to say that a lot. Yeah. Sorry. Like too bad. No. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No. <laughs> or unfortunately, um, no. Yeah. 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 Something like that. Um, so, how long were you in LA for? Um, there for about two years. Yeah, I liked it. Oh, what what neighborhood were you in there? Um, no, I I lived in Koreatown and oh, nice. Island Park and um, uh, yeah, those two. I loved Highland Park. Yeah. Mm -hmm. K Town has some of the best food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's isn't it? It's right next to um one of the art museums right moma or oh maybe yeah there's one in kind of like mid-city um yeah 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 the food in k-town was great i like it a lot all right so i had some questions about all right man i had too many questions um uh, what are your i'm just gonna go out of order actually um what are what are you working on right now and like what is what are your some goals like projects that like types of projects you haven't done like i saw you wrote some pilots are you still trying to get some show ideas out there yeah totally i'm trying to sell some stuff um I'm working on one of my current projects. I have a project for Audible. I have a project for iHeartRadio. Um, my stand-up hour is like a big part of my focus. Um, yeah, and I'm I have a new column for Bustle that's about current events. Um, so yeah, I would say that that's kind of what I'm focused on right now. Um, yeah, and then just the TV stuff is a little bit kind of longer term. Right. Okay. All right. Um, do you have separate management for for that kind of stuff? I do, yeah, it's separate from um, it's separate from my uh, like book agent. I have like a general comedy manager. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And did you have to like audition or show him like a reel or? Um. 
him or no, her? No, he like found me through my like online stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. And about, I have a few questions about writing jokes. So like in the class, did they break it down? Like the structure of a joke and stuff like, or. Yeah, totally. Like set up punchline, kind of like how to keep things surprising. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They broke it down a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Cause I can tell like, yeah, I like your, your last special like was really dense. Like there's a lot of like a lot of quick like one-liners, um, just a lot of jokes. Like I felt like like more than average, which I I like, which it's supposed to be a compliment. But um, but I like that a lot of your jokes are are just like set up and then something you didn't expect. You know, like. Um, like I have an example here. I don't, I'm not good at remembering, but, um, um, oh, what babies are really smart. They cry right away when, when they, when they're born. Cause. Oh not, yeah. 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 It's like stuff yeah. like that. That's like, you know, like, you know, you, you think you're going to say something about how they're actually you know, they can do math or something. I don't know, you know, but, but it, it goes a totally different direction. So I think it's clear that you, you get the, the structure of things. Um, so that's cool. Um, do you think about the rhythm of your, your sets, like short, short, long, or like, or like, do you, you think of the narrative and then like you just go off on tangents when you're thinking about your story, like, like, oh, I could fit this joke in here. Like obviously some jokes are independent, right? Of story, like of where you are in your life story, like for example, right? Or I mean, do you think of the overarching thing, the pattern, like the message? of your special or where uh, yeah yeah totally yeah I think I started with like the jokes and then I kind of tried to figure out like how I could put the jokes in in order to um to like make it kind of tell a narrative so I think it's like kind of the themes come out later on I once read that Stephen King said that like sometimes themes come out like in like second and third drafts um and um I thought that that was pretty interesting that like sometimes you kind of get the story down and then you have to figure out what the themes are. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, all right. Got that one. Got that one. Um, oh, just one. I, I, I'm sure you've talked sobriety to death with your therapist and with, um, and on stage, but I wanted to, say as someone who has struggled with substance um, issues, abuse issues, I really related to the part about denial that you were talking about. Um, yeah. And it's pretty amazing how highly intelligent people like yourself can, you know, can still, you know, play these like mental acrobatics. You're like, no, I don't think it's that that's causing my problems, you know? Like, totally yeah yeah like for me i it was pot mostly yeah I, do you still um, smoke weed no not at all i i haven't for well basically since the pandemic started mm -hmm. two and a half years um but between the ages of like 19 and like what 35 um, yeah pretty much every day so yeah. Well, congratulations on the two and a half years. That's big. Thanks. Thanks. Um, yeah. It, being at home also helps with that, with that part of my life too. Um, so, but yeah, I, I used to go through periods where I'm like, everything's going wrong. I'm forgetting everything. And, you know, like, 
and I'd be like, you know, it it'd be obvious that I'm talking too much, but I'd be like, no, I'm a forgetful person anyway, or you know, like it's it's not the pot, but like yeah, I've always been fascinated, and like once once I dug through the or you know down under the denial, like yeah, do you ever worry about like fooling yourselves in other areas of life? Um, totally yeah like that I'm just like convincing myself that something's making me happy even if it's not right especially in relationships right that can happen but mm, yeah yeah so that does happen to you too <laughs> totally yeah 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 like you're just like it can be really hard to leave behind something that feels stable you know right yeah I think that's something that really gets to me like and to just kind of like take a leap to something new um right. i don't know yeah that does keep people sort of accepting the status quo of their lives fear of you know like can i do better you know is than this or mm -hmm. yeah, yeah yeah exactly and like sometimes it's like hard to leave something when the next thing kind of requires like so much work you know yeah, yeah. yep yeah you have to start all over <laughs> yeah exactly all right um I, I don't want to keep you too much longer. Um, do you ever think about getting into the dating app game? Maybe like matching people based on their sense of humor or something? Oh, matching people? Um, I have a friend who works at Talkify, which is a company that does that. I don't know. I don't really like to set people up because I feel like then I have to take responsibility if they if it doesn't turn out well. Right. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Is that something you're interested in? Do you like matchmaking? No, I, no, I'm more interested. I, I've, I've always been trying to come up with app ideas in general, but yeah. Yeah. Are I you never... a developer? Do you make, build apps? No, no <laughs> I'm just an idea guy. Um, yeah. Yeah. I used to have a lot of friends around me who, mm -hmm. who are able to actually create the things that I think of, but these days, yeah, I don't really have the resources to make anything become yeah. a reality, but that's okay. I, yeah. I, I still like to daydream about different ideas and stuff. Yeah, uh, that's most of the fun. Yeah, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I have here, and this is mostly based, I was just like thinking of questions to ask and then I, um, I'll just say, it. Um, or are there any engineer specific dating problems? Like for instance, when I tell people I'm into psychology, some of them clam up on me because they're like, oh, you're reading me. Or I've actually had people say that like literally like, I, I hope you're not trying to read me or diagnose me or whatever. And I'm like, not that kind of psychologist, you know, I just, I don't learn really that much about what's wrong with people. So, but is there anything that comes up like either dating other engineers or when you bring up that you're like, do people get intimidated? Um, I mean, I haven't been an engineer in a long time and I don't feel like I date engineers a ton. Um, but yeah, I would say that it's like, it can be a kind of good common ground if someone's also an engineer, it just gives us a lot to talk about. I wouldn't say it. I feel like people are too intimidated. Um, I think if anything, people are more intimidated when they realize that I like tweet about sex a lot. I feel like that kind of makes some men uncomfortable. So I would prefer that go. they know it like sooner rather than later. But yeah, the engineering stuff, I feel like people are pretty chill about. All right. On that note, do you put, or have there have partners ever gotten nervous about ending up in your in some of your jokes like how does that work I, yeah I think sometimes they are um but I, the people who get nervous we don't date that long anyway because um like it, it, there would kind of just be so many different inconsistencies I guess like I think it's just like it's easier for me to date someone who's just chill about social media and doesn't really care if like someone who's not like constantly wondering if my tweets are or aren't about them. I think that that's like pretty, um, that's like pretty, uh, key. 
Otherwise, there's just like so many points of contention. Right. That's a good litmus test, I guess. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Um, oh, it's about bringing up issues in your stand up. Are, are you? Because I know you sort of skirt around at least a lot of issues. I saw, I saw you wrote something about capitalism but it was like really jokey, you know, like, and you said something about like, I know socialism is when you're unemployed or something like that. Um, in your special. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but you don't really, I kind of appreciate that it's very not preachy. It's definitely not mm -hmm. preachy, but do you ever like think about like, I have this point of view, like I would really like to expose people to this way of thinking or like, is there ever, a, I wouldn't say propaganda -y angle, but like, do you ever see comedy as a vehicle to like sort of open people's minds up to questioning things? Um, I think so, but I try not to like view my personal platform with that goal. Like I want to make things that are um, just like fun jokes. And if, um, if people enjoy them, that, or if they make people think, then I'm like happy for that. But I'm, I don't really see it as my job to like educate people about politics. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Because yeah. I've, seen, I've seen. I do read a lot about politics. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I just feel like um, it would be too much pressure, I think, for, or like, it's just like too self-important. Like, there are a lot of people who know so much more about politics than I do that I really think of myself as like, um, just like an entertainer. Right. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you definitely come across as having a specific political viewpoint. Yeah, I do have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely um, not trying to like hide my views. Right. But yeah, I like that, that it's true that I, I, I don't really bring up politics either anymore on Twitter. Yeah. Not that I have, I have like 10 followers, so it wouldn't really matter what, <laughs> what I said, but, but you're right. There are so many more qualified people that, yeah, that focusing on just being funny, which is what Twitter was about when it started. Right. It was mostly comedians just coming up with one-liners so totally I, yeah. yeah yeah i kind of miss those days but yeah <laughs> um did you ever watch at midnight that that uh, no but i do kind of remember were you a fan of it yeah yeah i always tweeted in at the end of the show when, yeah oh yeah. that's so fun yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah all right um is there anything how about plugs like do you have any what are you you're, you're traveling around right now for for what for just stand-up uh, dates or yeah for stand-up um yeah yeah and then i'm going to a wedding in alaska oh so that's kind of oh. why i'm on the road yeah cool have you been to alaska before um, yeah, I have. I this is one of my best friends from college, and she's getting married there. And um, I've been to visit her family there before. She's from Alaska. Have you been? Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty awesome. Pretty yeah, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and people people seem pretty laid back, but I you know, I I haven't lived there, so I don't know. I don't mm -hmm. know. If yeah. people go stir crazy a little during yeah certain seasons, I don't I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'll be really nice in the summer, but I do think that, yeah. Maybe during the winter, it, it gets a little depressing. Yeah, yeah, I think probably so, yeah. Yeah. Where else in Europe have you been? My parents live in London, so I've oh. been there. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they... I've been to, they moved to London like 10 years ago. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, I've been to like Italy and France and Spain. I feel like I've been, honestly, when I studied in Budapest, I went all over like Central and Eastern Europe and then visiting my parents, I've been to a lot of Western Europe. So I feel like Europe I've seen like pretty extensively. Okay, cool. Yeah. Probably more than, more than me, but it's not a competition. 
What's, um, what's your favorite spot in Europe? Um, you know, it sounds cliche, but the Netherlands, Amsterdam. Yeah, um, I don't think it sounds cliche. I feel like Paris is cliche. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Venice, Venice. When I was, before I, I went to Amsterdam as an adult on my own, it was Venice. Um, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's so, like, picturesque. I had a, a girlfriend one time call it the Disneyland of Europe. Yeah. I, yeah. She she said it in, like, an insulting way, but I was like, yeah, no, that's why I, I love it. Because it's, yeah. like. No, it's I mean, so, Disneyland is great. Yeah. Yeah, right? So. All right, so do you have, how many more dates do you have to do? Um, I'm leaving to, tomorrow, so just one more in okay. Vancouver. So that's All right, and then um, anything else to, to plug? Um, just my book, really. Okay, I'm more dateable than a plate of refried beans. Plate of refried, yeah. Okay, all right. I mean, I, I do kind of get that it's funny because it's an inanimate object that you're comparing yourself to, but I, I will let you know when I find the, the reference in the book. Um, um, that went faster than I expected. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we covered a lot of ground. You're a good yeah. interviewer. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, thank you so much for doing this. Um, yeah, this was fun. I'll, I'll let you know when it's edited and um cool good luck with everything and thank I'm, you so much it was nice to chat yeah nice chatting with you i'll see you on twitter <laughs> okay sounds good bye bye there you have it folks the first um guest having episode of diy me mind presents diy me mind presented Ginny hogan stand-up comedian writer most importantly we heard and former engineer um, for a little bit. Statistics master, math major, math bachelor, anyway, bachelorette. Okay, um, so again, check out her book, check out her YouTube. Her, she has at least one hour of stand-up up on YouTube, Ginny, G-I-N-N-Y, Hogan, as you think that's spelled, that last name, um, JinnyHogan.com, I believe, should be her homepage where you can see links, find links to all her freelance stuff, her freelance writing, um, and I hope we see more of her in bigger and bigger projects, more and more um, widespread and and more intensely marketed projects to wider audiences um, but I'll be keeping an eye on her on Twitter and YouTube either way whether she blows up even more or not seems like she is at least making a living these days and that is more than a lot of us can say right now so anyway that took a little bit of a negative turn all right love you bye